Welcome to the Fixtures Podcast. Game week eight. Something. I'm joined today by Nikki Erdman. Hello. And uh, that's it. So we got some good games today. So let's uh, let's get right to it. Starting off with a good one. Brighton three, Spurs nil. It was a good game. It was. So, what happened to Spurs here? I think they just were the worst side in this one. I think they kind of went in thinking they could get the easy win, and I think that's a common theme this year. Big teams going into playing smaller teams and thinking they can get the easy win, and then getting caught out when the when the smaller team comes to play, and then they end up just losing. Do you think this was a residual... From the loss against Bayern? Yes. I think that was a morale killer. And my third question for you. Do you think Pochettino will go? Um, Does I this mean, put his job at risk? This, I mean, one game doesn't really put no, his job at now, risk. No, I know. But now, I mean, they're not... This isn't one game anymore. I know. This I is, know. I mean, if he continues to perform badly, I think they will. But... They lost he, to Newcastle. They he lost has a lot of Brighton. history there. They lost to Bayern. Yes, but he's been notably unhappy there as well, though. I know, I know. I mean, if he needs to go, his time will come. And supposedly he's lost the dressing room completely, so... Yeah, so he might be on his way out then. But meanwhile, Brighton playing very well. Aaron Connolly obviously coming in. Uh, I think that was, that was his first Premier League start. Very... Uh, very, very good game. He's definitely one to watch. Um, and Brighton really just... They they t- absorbed Tottenham very well and didn't really look too bothered. So uh, pretty impressive by Brighton beating Tottenham there. Uh, so moving right, right along, we got uh, Norwich City 1, Aston Villa 5. The pookie party is over, I think. I think Norwich kind of hit a reality check... They might have got too too ahead of themselves, and now they're facing the consequences. And Pookie is his party is over, and I think they need to find a new a new strategy into what to do to come back to getting good results and goals again. I don't even know. Well, so this game was a, an odd watch because for the first twenty five minutes. It was super, super open. It could have gone either way. Norwich had a bunch of chances. Villa had a bunch of chances. They scored. Well, they scored the one. Um, but be- pretty much before that second goal, it was pretty open. And, I mean, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just Villa just started just pouring in goals. And, I mean... The last two, Hurahan's goal and uh, Douglas Luiz's goal, were just insane. They were just from outside the box. They were just trying everything and anything because everything was coming off for them. It was honestly pretty amazing that the shots they were making. Um, kind of looked like a FIFA game, not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely some FIFA-esque shots there. Um, <laughs> and obviously Wesley on uh, new FIFA penalties and... Uh, Shooting right at the keeper. But overall, Norwich's defense was just horrendous this game. Just awful. 
And, I mean, McGovern had a bad game, but so many times. I mean, both Wesley's goals, he was just unmarked in the box and was the only Villa player in the box. It was shocking. Really just bad, bad play from Norwich. They really deserved, I think, that that loss just from that defending. I think they were there, they were on their third-string goalkeeper, so that's a little bit to be expected almost. Um but yeah, it's, it's, that's troubling for Norwich. And you'd, you'd think that's not the game that Norwich can lose, especially that badly, because one of those teams is probably going down. Yeah. So that that that's that could be bad news for them. All right. Well, I think that wraps that game up. Uh, moving along, we have Watford nil, Sheffield United nil. This game was a real clash of the titans. It was definitely, in my opinion, a contender for snooze fest of the week. Oh, he's there. It was so. It was such a boring game. Danny Welbeck got his start, and uh, that's pretty much all that happened. It was uh, pretty lackluster. Very boring. I don't think either honest. team wanted that result. No, no. But um, I don't know. I don't think either team really deserved a better result than they got, to be honest. So, all right. Well, that was the snooze fest. So moving right along, we have Burnley 1, Everton 0. Everton is going into more turmoil, and something really needs to change there, and it needs to change fast, I think. Yeah. You'd think that Marco Silva is gone. I mean, they are... I think they've lost their like last four league games. They're now. in relegation zone with two wins, one draw, five losses. The only team with more losses right now is Norwich. That's pretty impressive for a team that on paper, I think all of us had finishing top 10 at least. Yeah. I want to know what's going on. What's going wrong? Because, I mean, they have good players. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's a little bit of Everton just being Everton, but they're honestly, just falling I apart. I, honestly, they're coming I can't, apart at the seams. Honestly, I can't pick out a player that in the Everton side that is bad. But I can't like, pick out, I don't good. think I can pick out an Everton player in this lineup that's really good. Lucasinha. He didn't even start. Oh, he did. Sorry, left back. Um, I don't know. He's not. I mean, he's not world class, though. And Richarlson. I don't think Richarlson's got good. I think he's overrated. So, um, and obviously, Seamus Coleman getting that red with the second yellow. And Burnley just... Uh, Doing what they got to do. I mean, Burnley's been looking actually pretty darn good this season so far. They are sitting in seventh right now on 12 points, tied with Crystal Palace. No, sorry, Palace is above them. Tied with West Ham. One point above Spurs at the moment. Three points above United. That's pretty good for Burnley, I got to say. I think they're pretty much doing the best they could do right now, I would say. So, um, okay. Well, that's Burnley 1, Everton 0. Do you, I mean, do you think Marco Silva goes? 
Yeah, you think? Yeah. I mean, who would you get to replace him? I don't even know. I don't know who would take that job, to be honest. I mean, it's not the worst job around. You got a good set of players. I think there's a it's lot a of people. It's a difficult task at this point in the season, though. It's not that late in the season. There's a de- there's a decent enough players there that you can make a good crack. I think, uh, at, especially at least avoiding relegation. That's yeah, I mean, pretty much. But finishing I mean, not bottom five right now, I think, would be a success for them at this point. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens there. But Wayne, definitely, Wayne Rooney managing Everton. Definitely eyes watching Everton right now, and not in a good way. Um, moving on, we have Liverpool two, Leicester City one. Leicester should have won this game. No, ten times over. No, you, what they didn't score. Leicester? Liverpool, Liverpool controlled this Ryan, game. What was the score? But they they what couldn't, was the score? They couldn't they couldn't hit the net. And uh, they did well, hit the actually, net. you know who couldn't hit the net was Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool honestly should have won this game five nothing. Really? Yeah, but they couldn't hit the net, and but Leicester was out. And Leicester I mean, was, was a lot them. of really. Leicester was outplaying them. No, they weren't. Liverpool. Had, Liverpool controlled this game the whole game. Liverpool is. Getting, they just couldn't finish. No, it was. Firmino I think, and, uh, I think and Salah was, had a bad game. I think both of them and were both really uh, not not firing this game. I think it was in part due to the fact that. Liverpool couldn't finish, and in part due to the fact that Lovren was starting. I don't think he was that bad. Um, so, but but I think but, they should have lost this game. They were the worst. They were the worst side there, and they're no, they lucky. were not the worst side. They were. This was at most a draw. They weren't the worst side. Getting, Honestly, I think these teams were evenly though. matched. As soon as Sadio Mane's goal went in, I knew that Leicester was going to score a game themselves. Uh, so. But I think I mean this, and I mean this is pretty much an unchanged lineup from the game, the Champions League game on Wednesday. So to play this almost the same starting eleven, these players are going to be tired, and I think they they showed it a little bit out there for sure. Um, but that brings us to the ninety fifth minute. Liverpool gets awarded a penalty. First, that was a controversial penalty. I don't think opinion. it was that. Controversial. I don't think it was. I don't think that it was. That's a penalty. A penalty. Uh, I mean, literally. I mean, it was just a misstep. I mean, all he did was step on his foot. It's but it's a mistimed tackle in the box. Yeah. It's not only really a mistimed tackle. That, it's just it was a mistimed footing. Here's the question: a Is that a free kick anywhere else on the on the pitch? No. You think? No, I, think I mean, it's, I mean, you're just stepping on your foot. I mean, I've seen, but that's that's a foul. I've seen in the worse, box. I've seen worse challenges get away in the box. I can't think of many. I don't think that was that light of a penalty. I mean, there was definitely contact for sure. Yeah. It was definitely more of a penalty than that Griezmann penalty from Australia when they played Australia. I'm still mad about that. Um. Bringing back the World Cup from almost two years ago. That um, was Euros. Oh, well, yeah, that was, sorry, that was the Euros. Wait, no, it wasn't. No, it, it was wasn't. Australia's yeah, not in the Euros. <laughs> no, it was the World Cup. Because France topped that group, and they did not deserve to beat Australia. Um, anyway. So, yeah. And then, obviously, James Miller stepping up to take that penalty, seal the deal. Liverpool 2, Leicester City 1. Brendan Rodgers does not get his revenge on Liverpool, and Liverpool remains top of the table, eight points clear after uh, what we will talk about shortly. 
I mean, do you see City even coming close to Liverpool at this point? I think Liverpool. I mean, I, I mean, think we I see Liverpool more when we get to City. But. I think Liverpool is going to slip up soon. I think they're going to end up losing a game soon. I don't know when, but I mean, their last couple of games, I don't think they've played. They have. Well I mean, but they have a buffer now. They have a comfortable buffer. I know they have Especially a buffer, but I think if once they lose that game, they're going to be have a little bit of reality check and maybe lose morale a little. I don't think so. Um, but I think that All brings right. us. Let's bring it to Manchester City. So let's bring it to Manchester City nil Wolves two. Adama Traore's inform card on FIFA is going to go crazy. So, I think you were right about the Norwich game. I think they did crack the code, and you said yourself that other teams were going to beat City because yeah. of it. And I think I figured it out after watching this game. I told you. I read. I said that loud and clear. I said that but other what is, teams... But what, did, what is it? Why, why did both these teams beat City? I mean, I didn't really... Those, I mean, there's people that sit there at those teams and analyze footage of the other teams... I don't even. I don't even think it's that. I don't even think it's that complicated. All it is. The reason Wolves won this game. They held out against City. Long enough to get City rattled, because by the 80th minute, when that goal went in, they're freaking out. City was throwing everyone forward. The only player back was Otamendi. And, and Otamendi cannot and, touch and Jimenez destroyed Otamendi. And so did Adama Traore. And well, and he was the one who played the ball through yeah, Adama Traore, who was wide open. At yeah, that and point. also, I think the thing, I think the one of the most important things about this game, and one of the reasons that City's code is to crack, is that what you were saying was that if you can hold out against City, you're gonna. You can't, you're going to be able to get some chances at the end because they're going to be throwing everyone forward. But if you can hold out to that, you can counterattack that at the end. And I think that having a really, really, really pasty player like Adama Traore up there at the end when they just have like Otamendi back or John Stones back or whoever, then, uh, then Fernandinho, yeah. I believe John Stones is in Yeah, he is. But, um, if you can have someone just play that long ball up to Adama Traore, Adama Traore is going to be able to run past all of his defenders anytime. He, I would put Adama Traore running past any defender in the Premier League. Well, and one thing I thought really interesting about this, about Wolves' approach to this, is when City is pushing everyone up, Wolves did not bring Jimenez back, and I don't didn't. I mean, they and I don't think uh, was it Jota who was up there at the point at that point. I forget who was up with them. I mean, it was maybe it was Traore, but there was two. They had two people up, up at the front when they are getting full on city pressed. It's because they know that there's going to be there's going to be a counter. There's going to be a counter coming. Everyone knew it. I think there. I'm like I was sitting there going, Wolves is going to score a goal if City's not careful here, because. They were pushing so far up. They needed to win that game, and they freaked out. City cannot handle being behind. City wants to hit you right off the gate and put so many goals past you that you just collapse, and and, and you don't know what to do. Yeah. When City isn't up by the 70th minute and is not winning, they panic. And... That, I think, is the big difference in what is going to win Liverpool the title this year as opposed to City. Because when Liverpool goes down 
and it is 1-1 against Leicester City. You just bring on Origi. But it wasn't Origi. I know. It sure. was, but, but they keep pushing, and they push, and they push, and they push, and they get that goal that they need to win it. City wilts, and this is the second time we've seen this happen so far this season. They've lost to Norwich the same way. As soon as they, as soon as they, their heads drop so quick because they're serial winners and they're so used to just being in front that they don't know how to play from behind. Whereas Liverpool can play from behind and can be 1-1 down or 3-0 down going into... Uh, the second leg of a European fixture and can put four goals past you and score that penalty and score the 95th minute Origi header against Everton. It They can score those goals, and I don't think City can. And I, without, I would agree. Without Laporte right now, they, they, they need that mentality, and they don't have it, and it's going to cost them. I th- Yeah, I think that it's... Sitting really needs to change something, and I think they know that. And I think they're going to be these next couple of fixtures that they have. They're going to be trying different systems, and I don't think the city press is going to be used as much as it is now. And I think they're going to change up their tactics a little. So, but does this mean that Wolves are going to start playing, performing well in the Premier League now? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think that may have been the boost that they needed. Because, I mean, they beat Besiktas, they beat Watford, and they beat Wolves. Or they beat City. Sorry, not Wolves. They are Wolves. Um, and which puts them into 11th place ahead of Manchester United now. So going from the relegation zone, coming a draw and two wins. If that's not a win off the bounce, I don't know what is. That's, I mean, they're perfectly safe now. Yeah, Wolves is, I think Wolves really? is... Is starting to come back. I think they're kind of. I mean, they're one point off Spurs. I think they're getting. Yeah, I think they're getting used to it now. They're getting used to the pressure of the European competition, and I think they're starting to be able to balance it more with the players that they have and the depth that they have. And I mean, uh, yeah, I and I think Adama Traore is going to be a regular starter now. And I mean, sorry to my father, but I don't. Wolves is is here to stay, and I think they're going to be just fine. And I said they're going to be just. And fine. I think Wolves is going to be a side to be reckoned with next season. Like you can have a rocky start. There's still. I mean, we're in game week eight out of like thirty eight. So I mean, there's thirty weeks, thirty weeks still to go. There's a lot of time. This is not anywhere close to decided who's going down and what's going on. Like, there's lots and lots of time to make changes and, you know, turn things around. So, I yeah, I don't think Wolves is, has anything to worry about right now. And I think they're going to keep flying high right now. Um, all right. Well, anyway, so that's City Wolves. City in trouble. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I really don't know what you do as Manchester City from this point. You need, you need to rework. You need to rework your tactics because the city press isn't working. And I mean, what would you out. do? What would you? You do? need to figure out a new tactic. You need to be trying new things. You need to be experimenting because the city press isn't working anymore. All right, you're Pep Guardiola. What do you do? I would say they. I think they're going to start playing a more possession game in the middle and working it into the box instead of this throw everyone forward. I think they're going to play a lot more patient, and I think they're going to, instead of winning, trying to win 5-0, I think they're going to try to win like 2-0. Alright. Interesting. Nikki says go take attack of possession. I think I think that will fit fit the players that they have. I, I could see that. 
but I don't know if that's what Pep has been pushing, and I don't know. I, that is a that's big, a that would be a big switch. Not. But I mean, if they were to do it, I think it might pay off, or it might blow up horribly. Um, anyway, moving along. West Ham won Crystal Palace two. Yarmolenko looked amazing in this game. I don't know if you were watching it, but Yarmolenko looked absolutely phenomenal in this Another game. Another goal for uh, Sebastian Haleo. But um, all in all, Crystal Palace coming through Jordan Ayew and Patrick Van Enholt scoring the two goals that Palace needed to beat West Ham at home. I was really impressed with Yarmolenko in this game. Yeah, he played well. but And I think, I think West Ham honestly played a little better here than... Palace, I think one thing I noticed was that Zaha, he looked very lazy. He looked like he did not care about playing. He looked very lazy. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like that's kind of been the story of Zaha this season. This just he hasn't looked at his best at all. Well, it didn't look like he he cared. It didn't look like he was trying. He had no heart. Which, I mean, it's a good thing they did bring in Jordan Ayew because Jordan Ayew's had a pretty good season so far. I think he's sitting on at least three or four goals, which, I mean, it's not fantastic. but It's not terrible. It's not terrible. He's scoring. so um, It's no Fernando Torres at Chelsea. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, I think that's a good win for Palace. West Ham, I think, is going to be a little upset not to walk away from that game with a win. Uh, but they're still sitting in eighth right now with 12 points tied with Burnley. Three wins, three draws, two losses. That's one of their only only losses, one of two losses so far this season. So, yeah, I think they're going to be a little upset that they conceded like that. But, um, yeah, Palace coming out the better team. So, uh, moving along, though. I'm sure this is a game that you're going to have a lot to say about. Southampton won, Chelsea four. Um, I mean, this was a very good game. I watched the whole thing, and it was just a great display. It was, it's fantastic just to see everything working out in the system how we want it to. It's nice because I mean, like everyone. I don't think anyone expected Chelsea to be sitting fifth place game week eight. I don't think anyone did at this point. No, I, I sure didn't. I think everyone expected Chelsea to go up in flames, Frank Lampard to get sacked by by Christmas, and all the all our youngsters to play terrible. I just certainly did not expect all of them to be fantastic. They are all fantastic. Surprise. <laughs> I mean, I called it at the beginning of the season in the preseason prediction. I said that Tammy Abraham is going to be our number nine. He's going to be our starting striker. And then you didn't believe me when I said Mason Mount was going to start this year. And Mason Mount has scored didn't, in so many games. No, I did not. I, I did not anticipate this at all. And I will concede and that I was definitely I, judged. I mean, so, I, mean I, 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 thought, I, I thought they might win a couple games and the kids would play well, but I did not think that the magic was going to last this long. No, it's because it's not magic. It's because Frank Lampard knows how to work with the young kids, and he knows that they ha- are capable. And I think what he's doing is with he's blending the young kids into the squad with the more experienced players. Cause he, oh, for sure. Because he's not... If you look at all the press conferences that he has and stuff, he's not hyping up the kids like crazy. 
the people that he's hyping up are the older people. Like, he hypes up Willian all the time. Like, he says Willian is the best player in any game that that he's on the field. And that's because he's making such of an impact on the kids, on the younger kids. Because he's being the leader, he's being the example for them, and he's helping them. And, I mean, so do, do you think that Mason Mount looks like a young Frank Lampard? A hundred percent. I mean, it's it's so it's like eerily similar their play styles. I I think Frank Lampard did that on purpose almost. Well, of course. I mean, this is the second season he's worked under him. Right I know. Now, right? Yeah, and I think, I mean, I don't think you could pick out another player that would be closer to Frank Lampard. I mean, they're both English. They're both around the same like body type, and. I mean, Mason Mount does exactly the same thing. He gets into the box ahead of the striker, and he's not afraid to get ahead of the striker and play ahead of the striker. And he has the he has the ability to finish. Like he can finish really well. He has the he has the strike of a striker, but the talent of a midfielder and the in the playmaking of the midfielder. Yeah, he has been very impressive. Obviously, another big big talking point: Callum Hudson Odoi coming back into the side. Yep, and as a he starter. got an assist. And I think is, he played very well that he game. did. And he, I got, think, he was a little hard done by not to not to score. I think he had yeah a, he was one saved he was by angry. Uh, he was angry. I Angus think. Gun. Uh, I think Callum Hudson Odoi is going to start kind of being a regular in this Chelsea squad. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think this was the best looking. And I, I think, think this is the best looking eleven, barring Kurt Zuma. Um, yeah. that you could put out. Yeah, I honestly I don't know why Christensen still isn't starting over Zuma. I think didn't he play in over the over the over the week? I'm not sure. I think he did. I think that he was just being rested. Uh, but because I mean that, but, that um, center back pairing has been really been Tamori's been a good. lot. Yeah, Tamori's been. I think uh, Tamori was one thing I did not expect to really see in the side this year. I did not expect Tamori to be making this many appearances and starting so many games. But I mean, he's been playing really well. He's impressed me. Um, I am surprised that he's played as well as he did. And I think with Calvin hudson being back and fit and playing so well, I think that's trouble for Christian Pulisic. Oh, for sure. And I think if oh, Christian sure. Pulisic does not start performing well, he is going to see himself just on the outskirts of this team. And it's Although he, did, he did in. come on and he did get a very good assist uh, to yes, goal. I mean, I mean, it was good. He played well. I think Calvin hudson and Pulisic played Almost exactly the same. But Callum Hudson Odoi is younger and English. Yes, I'm. They're the same age. Are they? They're both no, they're twenty. Not. They're really? both twenty. I thought Callum Hudson Odoi was younger. No. Hmm. No, Callum Hudson Odoi is eighteen. Oh yeah. Okay, but uh, I mean, Christian Pulisic isn't that. Like, there's not that much of a difference. No, but still, that's. I mean, but, what two, three years? Yeah. Uh, it's I mean, two yeah, years. twenty-one, three years. Yeah. Three years difference. It's so that's three years playing at a Premier League level that Callum Hudson Odoi could have that Pulisic does not. I mean, which granted he's playing in Dortmund in Germany, but still, I think what we're gonna start seeing happen is Callum Hudson Odoi is either gonna shift over to the right and Pulisic is gonna come into the left. I think that's gonna come at a later point in the season, or it's gonna be just Pulisic coming in for Willian because I don't. I think Frank Lampard is trying to find someone to replace Willian. Because he knows Willian is going to go soon. Well, I think Pedro is Willian. more... Well, Pedro's, Pedro's not even in the squad. Well, I know, but I think he's more the replacement first, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pedro's definitely the first because his contract ends at the end of the year. 
And so I think right. every, everybody knows Pedro's leaving at the end of the year, and we don't really need Pedro anymore. We have Hudson Hidaway and Pulisic. Yeah. I don't, I, honestly, I don't see a way back for Pedro. On yeah, side, I don't either. I mean, point. anytime he plays, he's amazing, and he's a really good player, but I think he's just too old now. And I think the same thing is starting to happen to Willian, because Willian's, I think, almost 31 now. He's 30 But for it's sure. the same reason that I don't think Giroud is going to make his way back in oh, this yeah, team. Oh, yeah, no, Giroud's There's not making just, his way back in this team. It's not that he's a sure, bad uh, player. I, I think... And Michi Bakhtuayi has scored more goals than Giroud has as a sub, honestly, so far. And I think Michi Bakhtuayi is playing really well, too. And I think I'm really happy to see that he's playing in Europe as well in, over Abraham. I'm glad we're using him there. I'm, get, I'm glad he's getting some use and he's not just sitting on the sidelines anymore. And uh, Tammy Abraham scoring again. Yeah, Tammy Abraham, I think I'm really happy with him. He's a fantastic number nine. And I'm finally happy that... Chelsea broke their number nine curse because he's the first good number nine we've had in years, decades. I well, think, and he's actually. an interesting striker because he he's is. not, he's, I mean, he's quite tall for a striker, but he really doesn't, he's not a very physical striker. He doesn't striker, use though. his height. And it's yeah, weird. Yeah, he's not a very physical striker. Because he, he, like, I think it's because he's skinny. Yeah, he's very, very tall, but very lanky. He's kind of like Peter Crouch. Like, he's kind of like Peter Crouch. But Peter Crouch, like, Used his physicality though, like he was big, but he would just he could still yeah, score like, headers. I don't. I mean, yeah, like Tammy, Tammy Abraham scored Tammy, a header this yeah, season. Yeah, I think I think he scored like one or two this season. But Tammy, I think he instead rather than using his, I mean, it's really head, his I think Tammy, Tammy Abraham has really good positioning, and I think he also makes really good use of how long his legs are. Because if you look at him, he, that man is yeah. all legs. Like yeah. he, he, like literally, it's like there's no torso. It's just like legs and then straight to neck. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I think he, and I his his positioning is fantastic, and he just seems to always be in the right place at the right time. And I think him and Mason oh, sure. have a very good partnership there. And uh, the last thing I'll touch on in this game, uh, Danny Ings. What an odd striker he is. He scores the weirdest goals. That was a but dumb he's goal. So, was, I, I, he's I, so such an opportunistic striker, though. I don't know how that was really, labeled an own goal. He really, I mean, he did the same thing a few weeks ago. Where he should have been an own goal, though. He's did you just kind of hanging out near the box. He, yeah, he just sees the goal. Um, and, I mean, he just kind of hangs out near the box, and then he's just in the weirdest, like, mishaps, and then he just somehow scores in it. It's very bizarre. Um, But, uh... It was against the Liverpool game when they played Liverpool, yeah. and uh, what was it? Adrian like threw the ball right at him. Yeah, and I mean, Danny, I think that goal should have been labeled a own goal because he just shot it at Kurt Zuma's knee, and Kurt Zuma's knee just hit it in. But also, one thing I would like to add about Chelsea is that uh, Mason Mount told Frank Lampard to sign Declan Rice. Mm. Because De- Mason Mount and Declan Rice are best friends. I don't, I don't think Declan Rice is that good, though. I mean, Declan Rice played at Chelsea in the academy, and they let him go, and he went to West Ham. Yeah, I don't see. But, I, I mean, I and I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't see like Declan Rice coming if he was at Chelsea. Yeah. I don't see. Him I don't see him starting. I, I don't see him starting over Jorginho or Conte. Jorginho, Conte, Kovacic. Also, Jorginho being named vice captain this week. Yep, I saw for that. Chelsea, and also. Xhaka being named captain for Arsenal. Yes, which is a very good transition to Arsenal 1, Bournemouth 0. David Luiz, the only goal. Mark was supposed to be here to talk about this, but he could not make it. So, uh, I don't know that we have a ton to say about this game. Um, But, I mean, I... I don't know. I think you, you'd expect Arsenal to win this game. I think you expected them to win a little bit more comfortable than they did. 
but considering how shaky they've kind of been, um, I think it's still still a good win for them. Um, still no, still no tyranny or uh, Hector Bellerin. They played tyranny in the during the week during though. the week. Yep, and so and he played very well during the week. And I think yes, he did. He's gonna be he's gonna be an absolute steal, and he's gonna be just light up the Premier League. I think he's gonna be easily rated as good as Robertson very very soon. I think they that Arsenal is a very very good player on their hands, and I think especially with both of those players being back after the international break, Arsenal I think is going to be a lot more comfortable going going forward. With I that. agree, but um, but not yet, not yet. So they're still they won that game and they they needed to win that game I think. But and they did what they needed to do, but didn't look very comfortable. Um, but they're sitting in third right now, um, behind Man City, one point behind Manchester City, Arsenal. I mean, I mean, do you think could Arsenal move above City? I mean, they could, and I also think Chelsea could move above City. That's not really saying much at this point, to be honest. Yeah, that's really a really, really close race between Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal, and Manchester City. There's going to be a and fight. Crystal Palace and Leicester. Uh, yeah, I said Leicester. But yeah, Crystal Palace is up there too with 14 points. Huh. I don't think anyone expected Crystal Palace no, to be I didn't. I didn't. I still didn't expect it. I'm looking right at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, those European spots, the Champions League spots, are going to be, uh, I think, hard to get. I would agree. This year. Do you think Spurs will move up the table? I think so, eventually. And I think United will make their way up the table, too. Not that high. I think United will try Which to finish we'll get top to, six. We'll get to United in a moment. But, but um, so do you, do, you, do you see Leicester City staying top six? I think if they can play the way they played versus Liverpool more, I think they can. Because I think they played very well. And I think if they play that against smaller teams, I think they'll win against smaller teams if they play like that. So do you see Palace staying top six? Um that's more difficult for me, but I think if they keep playing how they are, I think I could see them. Do you see Arsenal finishing above Manchester City? I think they could, and I think in this next month, this time next month, the month from now, I bet you Chelsea is in second. You th- you think Chelsea's gonna get uh, be in front of Manchester City? This time next month, Chelsea will be second place, or they will be third place. All right, behind he's it. calling okay, it now, either, folks. He's either, calling it now. Listen, either Chelsea will be second place, or they will be third place behind Arsenal. You think? So you think City could be in fifth place? City could be in fourth. Oh, fourth. I could definitely see City dropping down to fourth. Because, really? I mean, look at the fixtures for City and look at the fixtures for Chelsea. City play Crystal Palace. That's going to be a good one. Uh, on the 19th, they play Atalanta in the Champions League. They play Villa, Southampton in the League Cup. Southampton again in the Premier League. And then Atalanta again. And then, and then Liverpool, Liverpool and then Chelsea. Chelsea. And then look at Chelsea's fixtures. Chelsea, meanwhile, plays Newcastle, Ajax in the Champions League. That be That'll a be a good game. game. Uh, Burnley, 
United in the League Cup, Watford, Ajax again. Really, what's with the double doubles like that? Both teams, um, and Palace, and then, then City. City. I think Chelsea has a much easier fixture schedule. I think that, that playing Ajax though might take a lot. Out I don't of them. think so. Ajax isn't as good as last season. No, but they're still good. And then wait, let me see Arsenal's fixtures. Arsenal, meanwhile, plays Sheffield United, Victoria, Crystal Palace, Liverpool in the League Cup, Wolves, Victoria again, Leicester, yeah, Southampton. I think I think Chelsea will be above Arsenal this time next month, and I think Chelsea will be in second, uh, City third. Who do you see Arsenal dropping points to? Liverpool, Wolves, and Leicester. Well, Liverpool is there. That's League Cup. Oh, well, Wolves and Leicester. You think they lose the Wolves? I think they're they're gonna for what about sure. Palace? They are for sure going to draw either Wolves or Leicester, and or Palace. They could draw any of those three or lose any of those three. To be honest, I think all three of those games are toss ups as of right now. All right. Well, we got one more game to cover, and I think it's honestly, despite Manchester City's loss, this feels worse. Yeah. Newcastle won, Manchester United nil. I mean... Because at least City tried. I think it's honestly... I just feel bad for United fans, honestly. Like, I don't even... It's just terrible to see your team play like this. I mean, none of the players out there really care, I feel like. Except for... I mean, I feel like no one's trying out there... At all, really? No, nobody. Nobody. There's not one player on this team right now that I think had a good game. Also, why is Ashley Young even anywhere near the starting 11? I mean, who do you play? They have so many injuries. Rojo? They have so many injuries. They have, their squad is so thin right now. And the players that they do have are just not good. I mean, Pereira, I mean, barely. I mean, he might as well not have even been there. Daniel James had a really bad game. I mean, he's been a bright spot, but he's really fallen off over the past few weeks. I think he's really starting to feel how bad this United team is and starting to feel a little hopeless. Rashford is just, he's not world-class. I said it time and time again. He's not a world-class striker. Did you see his apology? No. What was that? He was wrote on Twitter. He literally just apologized to all the United fans because he was like, I simply have not been good enough. And he was, no, like, he, as, and he was like, as a United fan myself, this really hurts me. But I, he says, like, I am just not, a, I'm just, I've just not been a good enough striker and I need to be better. I don't, and you know what? I don't think it's fair to Rashford to put that kind of weight on him. Yeah, because like I think he's, he's, he, I think he's on, he's like getting like depressed playing up there. Like he cannot take the pressure. No, and I, I mean, I don't think he's, he's not good enough and, he has nobody to even rotate and I think with. This, and I think he has saddest, nobody to rotate yeah. with if he's off form. Yeah, and I feel like, and I feel like the saddest thing is that Rashford cares so much about Manchester United because he loves Manchester United, and he just he can't even do anything to like help them. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you just start to feel bad for these players because they're so poor. I mean, there's so much. There's, there's a so lot of talent poor. in this squad. But, like, it, they're just not playing well together. I don't know what But I'm is. sorry. This is not a world-class squad. I mean, it is a not. squad with an aging Juan Mata. An aging Pereira, 
an aging David De Gea, a very aged Ashley Young, Scott McTominay, Fred, uh, Diego Dalit, and I mean, the only players that are even half decent in this team are Harry Maguire and Daniel James. And I mean, maybe De Gea, but De Gea has not been great either. They're just looking so poor, and I mean, I don't even know that it's necessarily... I mean, I don't think even the best manager in the world could have could have done something with this team right yeah, now. Yeah, but I do think Solskjaer is leaving. I oh, think I think so, too. I think he's 100% gone now. Solskjaer needs to go, for sure, but I don't even know... I, mean, I also... I'm I don't gonna, know that a good manager would even be able to turn this around. The only way this could get turned around is the January transfer window if they get a war chest. Which they need, I mean, they need big, big changes. And I mean, I'm like sorry. Big changes. Big Where, changes. Is Juan Vasaka injured? Uh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, you got rid of Alexis Sanchez and Romelu Lukaku. I get that, that Alexis was dead Sanchez weight, was like, dead weight. Sure. Romelu Lukaku did not need to go. That was a mistake. I know that he didn't want to be there. But to get rid of him and not... Have a backup. They didn't sign another striker. They should. I mean, they, they don't, wanted they to give it to, to Martial and Rashford. Martial's now injured. Rashford was injured coming into this game and played just terribly. He has. I mean, it's. Just, I mean, what, your only other option is Mason Greenwood. I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, and I think I honestly could see Manchester United honestly getting relegated with this side if they keep playing this bad. I mean, who could they beat? I, mean, I don't think I don't think they're quite as they're bad. They're losing to Newcastle. No, they did lose to Newcastle, but I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean if Newcastle could and beat them only, anyone could Not beat only them. did they lose to Newcastle. They played terribly versus Newcastle. Newcastle bossed this game. Yes. Easily. Easily. 100%. And I feel like if Newcastle can do that, any team can do that. And if any team can beat your team that easily, then you don't deserve to be in the top flight of whatever league you're in. And I mean... And I think I would honestly not be surprised if Manchester United ends up pulling what Newcastle United did a few years ago, which is where they were a very famous, very good team that had a lot of good players in the past, but they just had one bad season, they slipped up, and then they get relegated. And I mean... And I think that would be insane if they I got will relegated. say... Huge, huge props to Matthew Longstaff coming in, being uh, very at 19 years old, making his Premier League debut, hitting the post or hitting the the crossbar with his first shot and scoring the second. I mean, what a what a start for him! Yes, they are brothers. Yeah, Shane Longstaff and Matthew Longstaff. Yes. So now they have a an all Longstaff central midfield. Um. Miguel Almiron did not look so good this game. He he blew a couple pretty easy chances. St. Maximin, I'd like the way he plays, but God dang it, does he need to learn how to pass the ball. He's such a good player, but he's a wannabe Neymar. Yes. He very much wants to dribble past to everybody and... It's not always the best thing. Yeah, but uh, this isn't. The, yeah, this isn't the French league anymore. He can't do that. No, and and Joel and Joel Ellington is. I, I I don't think he's that good. I really don't. But um, the my my I think my player of this match was Fabian Schar. 
No. <laughs> you don't think so? He had a great game. I think it's Longstaff. Shar um, had a great game, and he made some very, very important stops that stopped the few chances that United had. And I don't know. I give. I would give this to Fabian Shar for sure, that he was the best player. Harry Maguire had a terrible, terrible miss in the first half. He put a, uh, an easy open header wide. So I think from a broad perspective, if you own Manchester United right now, yeah, yeah, we covered that. Um, um, if you own Manchester United right now, what do you do? Sell it. <laughs> I mean, what would you do to turn this around? Sell would it. you bring in a manager, new players? They need a new manager. Who would you bring in? New manager, new, and they need a war chest. They need so much money just thrown at the side. Who do you get rid of? Who stays? Like players-wise? Players-wise, manager-wise, who do you bring in? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of work to be done here. Get rid of get rid of Solskjaer. Bring in, like, Pochettino or something. Do you think they can can make a shout for Pochettino? I think that that could happen. I Alternatively, could happen. I don't know if he would leave at this point, but Brendan Rodgers might be a good option for them. Yeah. Um, you yeah. St- yeah, you said the last episode, too. But, I mean, again, they have to prime away from a very good Leicester side right now to take over a floundering United. If Leicester was um, doing worse, if Leicester wasn't, like, 7th or 8th or ninth, then, yeah, I could see it. They United needs to sign a striker, whether it be a first-team striker or a substitute striker. They need to sign someone Who would like, you sign? I would say if they're going for a first-team route, I'll go Timo Werner. Do uh, you think Timo Werner? Timo Werner or Yusuf Polson, honestly. They could probably both. Polson's pretty old, though. Eh, he's not that old. He's like 20. 26. But at this point, they, I think they need some experience. Yeah, I think they need Timo, Timo Werner would be better. And I, and I think Martinez too. He plays for Inter. He's their. Oh right, right yeah, right. Martinez. Really, that would be a. He would be a good one. Hmm, that would be. I would say him, and some. That, that would be some get. And I would say if they could get him, they could just rotate between him and Rashford, and I think that would work well. Or they could even get Erling Holland and play him up top. That would be an Holland would signing. be good, but um, but I think really a good signing for them right now would be Mario Mandzukic. Mario Mandzukic would be a good one. Mario I think Mario Mandzukic or like pa- or even Paco Alcacer too. I don't think Alcacer goes from Dortmund. He's happy there. Yeah. Um. Do you think somebody like Dybala makes a difference if they were to throw that kind of money around? I think Dybala would make a world of a difference, and I think he would be happy to leave Juventus, honestly. And yeah. I think, he, I they, think could you, they could use him. Juventus, I think, has a lot of room for shifting players around that I think they could... That, that I think that that Juventus is probably the easiest place to pull players from right now because they're going to have a hard time balancing the the books I would at the say, end of the season. I would say that the three top players that I think they should go after are Mario Mandzukic, Paulo Dybala, and then Allen from Napoli. You think a, a different midfielder? Uh, yeah, like a more of a holding midfielder. So you'd play. Pogba and Allen together. That would be a good midfield. I think that uh, Paul and uh, Paul uh, Paul Dybala 
Pogba. You and think Allen. all three of them? Let's just go sign everybody. That that would be some war chest move. That would be an incredible midfield. Yeah, Dybala, uh, Pogba, and Allen. Sure, that's like a FIFA ultimate team midfield right there. And they need a left back too. Yeah. Um, uh, left back. Well, they're not Luke Shaw when he's yeah. not injured. But I feel like Luke Shaw is kind of unreliable. And you need a fullback, one that can play both wings. Um, I'm trying to think of who else would be a good striker for them. Yeah. They're... Oh, you know who would be a good pick for them? Moussa Dembele. Ex-Celtic striker from... That now plays at Lyon. Another good one would be uh, Inaki Williams. He's fantastic. He's amazing. He's going to get a big money move soon, I I think. I was playing against him. Someone had him on FIFA, and I was playing against him. He scored like four goals against me. All right. Well, I think that about about does it. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, I think that's it for me. Yeah, so, I mean... Liverpool in first right now. It's eight points clear, 24 points. I think they're at, what, 17 wins straight in the Premier League? It's uh, pretty impressive. Meanwhile, Watford still haven't won a game. Three points. All from draws. So, yeah. We'll see uh, where we're going next week. Obviously, international break, right? Next week's the international break. So yep. we'll be back with Kit Review. Kit Review Part 2. And also uh, potentially some more bonus episodes. So more fun is around the corner. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week.